Even before she finished the decate, Roxanne knew the informant wasn't going to show. She could almost always sense the ones who would pan out and the ones who wouldn't. She placed the beer on the bar and looked at big Norm Flanagan next to her. His smug smile wet with tequila, still wanting to believe they'd luck out twice in one week. In his bunched, bulky jeans, his sandy hair covered by a baseball cap similar to hers, he seemed to fade into the smoky room. She was sure she did, too. Invisible came from attitude as well as attire, something she had learned back at Quantico and practiced every day since. They'd picked a public place, not a tourist hive like Husong's, but with enough Americans that they wouldn't attract attention. Sepia sketches of former patrons covered an entire wall. What kind of person, she wondered, would pay to leave a portrait behind? The sad-faced bartender reappeared, as if he'd been waiting for her to take the last swallow. But like a true macho man, he directed his question to Norm. Una mas? Por favor. She cringed at Norm's sucky Spanish. Why bother? She asked as the dreary fat man returned to his cooler. I told you it was a dog call. A guy knows a guy who knows a guy who has a boat, decides to be a hero, calls DEA, then has second thoughts. Last time I checked, this was still Mexico. Norm downed the rest of his shot with a swallow. Then, with the glass still grazing his lips, gave her the senior agent smirk she hated. Because you go at full throttle doesn't mean the rest of the world does. Why not try to slow down a little? She decided to let the remark pass. This wasn't the time nor the place to discuss their differences. In the corner behind them, a guy with a guitar sang Paloma Querida, doing a pretty fair impression of Pedro Infante, and a less than fair job of accompanying himself. In spite of a couple of college girls at the back table, taking a fast tequila ride to the nastiest hangovers of their lives, the air was tense with too much smoke and too little light. Something about the place, the music, the bartender with his mournful expression, the portraits left behind, unnerved her. It was too textbook and sonata, too safe on the surface, at least. The glock pressing against the small of her back no longer felt uncomfortable. I think we should go. The bartender put another can of beer before her, then refilled Norm's shot glass from the Sousa bottle. Norm swept coins across the bar to him as if they were poker chips. Then he turned back to her. One more cerveza won't kill you. Then, if the guy doesn't show, we can grab a late dinner. She pushed away the can. Now, she said. Norm pulled himself up from the bar stool. Whatever works, he said, then downed the tequila without as much as a squint. He'd read the meaning in her words, and she knew he'd respect her request, even if he thought this was just one of her crazy whims. They left as anonymously as they'd entered. Norm pulled open the door of peeling wood, and she stepped out. The air smelled of ocean, of the deep-fried shrimp the taco vendors had been selling all day. But it didn't revive her. She leaned close to Norm, trying to shake the confusion out of her head. Did that place creep you out as much as it did me?
No more than any of the others. He took a deep breath. Must have been the cigarettes. I think you're right about our guy, though. He's not going to show. Want to get something to eat? She shook her head again and walked around the building to the car. I need to sleep. The feeling wouldn't let go of her. She tried to think, but even in the fresh air, she could still smell the smoke. What was wrong? What had changed? The music.